1: back to the EPL Roundtable I'm your host Kevin DeVries and as always if you'd like to reach us at the podcast you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com all right we are here with another club update this time talking all things West Bromwich Albion with my good friend Dan who you can find on Twitter of course at Baggies Facts is it still a website or just the Twitter these days
2: just to Twitter at the moment, Kev, but you know, we'll see, uh we'll see what the future
1: holds. <laughs> for sure. If you're up for more than more than a year or two, I think you might have to get that going again. But a pleasure yeah, speaking thanks. with you after your time in the championship. Uh, obviously most listeners will, will remember the last time you were up in the Premier League because it was not too long ago. Uh but what did you make of your championship adventures on the whole?
2: Um, very exciting. Lots of goals. Um some fantastic football at times even even the season before the one that's just gone we we played some great stuff under big dave and then um towards the end of that season under jimmy shan um it was a big period of transition uh so there was it felt like once we got relegated from the premier league the club was in a lot of it was it was in disarray to a point um and we've managed to turn that around completely, and we've now got a manager who, you know, every every fan who I speak to is behind Slaven Bilic um, and appreciates everything he's done for the club. Um, and we've made some really astute signings to get us promoted last season. So it has been it's, it's been really enjoyable. Um, there's no harm in a break from the Premier League for a couple of seasons, I don't think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was nice to go down, play <laughs> exciting football and get a lot of wins. Uh, that's always what we hear from, from teams that are heading down, is, is at least there's that to, to hang the hat on. Uh, you Mostly,
2: unless you're a Stoke fan or a Huddersfield <laughs> fan. Then or some who double-dropped. <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, that's, that's obviously a fair point. Uh, you looked really, really good at stretches of each of the last two seasons. Obviously, two years ago, not enough to get you promoted. This year it was, although it was a pretty nervy finish, considering I in particular wanted you to be back on this show this season what led to the struggles down yeah. the stretch that that all but left the door open for Brentford until the final minutes of the last match
2: well I think what we have to consider is the fact that up until December Albion had, had lost one game until late late December I think it was Middlesbrough a second game that we managed to lose and so I I Sort of as much as I, you know, it was great. To be fair, as as a neutral, you would be looking at Brentford and saying fantastic. But they have had a lot of money pumped into the club, Brentford, and it's not quite the massive big dream story that it's made out to be. Very similar to Bournemouth, to be honest. Um, And so, as a baggies fan, obviously I wanted Albion to get promoted, and they were really chasing us hard, and we weren't picking up results, and Brentford looked like they'd never lose a game again. Um, But of course. It was a, you know, it's a high pressure situation, and we'd had our fantastic run earlier on in the season. It was just about getting over that line, and it was a battle. And you know, but ultimately, the the results at the end of the season are what they are, and the league table doesn't lie. We finished second in the table with more points than Brentford did, um, and that's all that mattered. Um, it was nerve wracking, though, Kev. It really was towards <laughs> the end. We we was relying on other teams to to get a result, and Stoke managed to get a result against Brentford, and that was absolutely massive. Um, So less of the mickey-taking of Stoke, I suppose, for for a little while.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that last match was really uh, pretty intense. I had that and the Brentford match on at the same time, and then as soon as Brentford conceded the second, all of a sudden in the Westbrook match, you could just see Billich yelling, and all of a sudden just everybody pulled back into your half. It's like... Yeah. All right, there's like eight minutes left. <laughs> Let's see
2: how this. Well, goes. we'd yeah, we'd sent Carl um, Bartley up front for about two minutes before sending him right back to defence again. <laughs> so that was quite <laughs> funny. But you know, I think as much as as much as QPR put up a good effort and, and managed to get a point out of us, I was still confident going into that last game, and and we we did we had enough, and I did have a feeling that Brentford would struggle. So it turned out Barnsley needed the needed the result and managed to um to claw himself out of the relegation zone himself as well so I'm sure brentford will have a great season next season though as long as they don't lose too many of their players
1: yeah and then obviously it's it's another year that the team that finishes third isn't the one that goes up uh through the playoff it just must be a pretty demoralizing place to be um you mentioned Billich there and how the fans are starting to gravitate towards him as a manager certainly the scenes after the promotion uh showed how much of a connection he had with the players uh what have you made of of his time uh you know taking charge of West Bromwich Albion and uh maybe the tactics that, that helped you come up um
2: cliche thing to say but You have to state it as it was. And I think it was a breath of fresh air. It was someone with a very good reputation within the game. Someone with a lot of knowledge about the game. Someone that used that knowledge to sign players for us that helped get us promoted last season. Um, And it's someone that... Do you know, when certain managers sometimes, sometimes they've got a bit of a gravitas about them. Something that's just a bit different to other managers and they stand out a little bit more. And they're a little bit more likeable because of it. And he's very honest. Um, he tells it as it is there were many times throughout that season where he wasn't at all complimentary about how we played or how we performed and said we needed to do better and he was always striving for that extra bit out of all the players so it's it's easy to say that it was literally just a breath of fresh air and passionate and he, he obviously cared about the club from the start And but it was all of those things um, I just feel that he was the perfect man at the perfect time um, to, to, to come to a club. And and it's really strange as well. You've got a foreign manager who's managed in the Premier League and he came and the first thing he talked about was, oh, I'm excited to manage in the Championship because it's such a brutal, tough league to get out of and it's a challenge as a manager. And to have someone that's... Because he didn't need to drop to the Championship. He could have probably got himself a job in one of Europe's top league, top leagues. Um, and he's come to the second league in England and he's done it for the challenge and he's done it because he felt he could build something and, and he's certainly doing that. Um, we just just hope that things stay settled with the boardroom issues that we might have on the horizon um, and that we'll keep him as manager and that he's not going to get too upset with transfer budget issues, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Yeah, we'll get to potential moves here a bit later. I wanted to talk about the play style a little bit, though. Obviously, when you went down last time, West Brom had this this perception as just defending, and, and could they defend well enough to not go down? In the championship, though, you've been fairly free-scoring this past season, finishing with the second-most goals in the championship. Yeah. Do you think that's a Billich thing yeah. that'll translate up to the Premier League, or do you think that was just because you were up against opposition that you felt you had a better chance of scoring against, but in the Premier League might might retreat into the shell a bit more?
2: Um, obviously, it's going to be more difficult with the side that we've got. But the side that we do have is not really set up to be purely defensive. Um, and Bilic has turned that around as well as Big Dave last season. Sorry, the season before last. Um, we have played pragmatic football when we need to in the championship. But we're also, at times, we're brutal. And we, we can be so excited and we can finish teams off for fun. You know, there's been times we've scored really high number of goals we've scored 4 5 we've scored 7 against qpr a couple of seasons back you know we we've got a team that's built around scoring goals in the championship and it's just a case of whether they can do that in the premier league um and of course you know fully well that's not easy so it might well be the case that we do switch to obviously against the bigger teams a more pragmatic and defensive style and look to hit teams on the break but I don't think Slaven Bilic will will shy away from the fact that we're going to play attacking, exciting players against every team, and we're going to try and have a go. Um, so I don't think, especially from the neutrals listening to this, I don't feel you don't don't even think you're going to be seeing a West Brom team that's anything at all what we what we saw under Tony Pulis mm-hmm. and then under Pardue. Um, following that, it, it's going to be a team that's exciting to watch. I mean, I don't know whether many listeners will have seen much of Mateus Pereira this season but that boy Brilliant. can play football. Yeah, and he he's worth, I mean, we've paid eight or nine million pounds for him um, after he, after his loan agreement came to an end. And he's probably already worth 25, 30 million. Um, and as someone, uh, I feel that he 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 will probably go to the very top. And I just hope that it's not as soon as maybe even, you know, January or, or the season after the coming season. I just hope we get to see him. You know, playing a baggy shirt for, for a couple of years at least. He's so fantastic.
1: Yeah, he's, he's definitely a player to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, a team that finishes uh, going up in the automatic spaces has some talent in it. Uh, what other players would you recommend people keeping an eye on uh, this season?
0: Let's get this dinner party
2: started. Um, you probably send me a J. He's probably one our centre half. Um, he he barely missed a game last season. Um, he's he can be very old-fashioned in the fact that he does like a header and he does like to get the ball clear, but. He's also someone that you could probably trust in a defensive midfield sort of position as well. He was used in that sort of role himself last season. Um, he's definitely got the attributes to 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 be a useful player in, in the Premier League. He's very tall. He's very athletic. Um, he's got good vision for a centre-back. Um, and he's, of course, of, of an age to be able to develop still. Um, other players that might stand out. I mean, Hal Robson-Canu had a fantastic season in terms of goals, um, his best ever goal scoring season. Maybe he's at an age where he's matured enough to to maybe bang a few in, in, in the Premier League. Um, and then you can't forget the impact of Diangana, as I've mentioned, Pereira, Diangana now being a West Ham player, but someone we'll be potentially looking to try and sign on a permanent. Mm. Um, yeah, and a and, and O'Shea at right back as well. Dara O'Shea. Um that's probably a name that not many will have heard of, um, unless you follow the championship. Um he's he's a fantastic young Irish uh, centre half and right back and he slotted in at the right back slot for us towards the end of the season fantastically, scoring a couple of really important goals and just playing just a really solid defensive game as well as helping when when getting forward um for his age he just didn't panic at all in any of the the situations that he faced so he's he's another player to to maybe look out for
1: Gotcha you also still have a lot of former uh, Premier League players on the side obviously still have livermore still have hagazi uh, who people might remember from your last time up as well um mm-hmm. are there players that you're a little bit more worried about though going back up to the Premier League that that may have been getting regular minutes but but might not have the uh ability level that that will be demanded at a a higher level
2: i think there's definitely question marks over charlie austin um whether he can get himself fit enough for a a long season Mm. of tough high high intensity premier league football because he's a player that can score goals but at times last season he did look tired towards the end of some games he started um, and that's not saying he doesn't try either I'm not saying at all he's lazy but I just don't know if he's got the legs in him, I think his legs might be going maybe a little bit earlier than well not earlier than they should but, but maybe he's probably ready for a move to another championship club maybe, um, but then again he might prove me wrong and he might, and he might score some goals next season, um, it doesn't look like we'll be getting rid of of that kind of player immediately because the transfer market being so tight means that We've got to keep what we've got until we sign new players. And I think everybody's in the same sort of position, which is going to make for a really tense and last-minute transfer window, I think. But um, I don't think there's any players that won't be able to give it a go and at least tread water in the Premier League. You've you've got players like our left-back, of Townsend, who who came from lower league football and who slotted in quite a few times last season, but he's kind of a player that you'd probably look at that that might well get loaned back to the Championship. Um, Could I interest you in a Danny Rose, perhaps? Well, yeah, potentially. I mean, mean, he was at Newcastle only last season, so potentially, I don't don't know. Um, I think that we've probably got other positions which are more priority at the minute. I think we need to get strikers in, Um, and we probably need a new goalkeeper as well before we start thinking about a left-back.
1: Gotcha. So, striker and goalkeeper are on the list. Any other positions that you think you're going to need to bolster ahead of the Premier League campaign?
2: Well, left back, but I don't think it's as important. Um, and quite possibly another centre-back, um, just to make sure we've got four solid centre-backs ready for a new campaign. Um, I'm not sure you can manage on three first-team centre-backs with youngsters as backup um, in the Premiership. and. Uh, as much as many Baggies fans aren't going to like me saying this, I just don't think Johnston's up to the Premier League. Um, he was he was a struggle to be up to the Championship, in my opinion. Um, maybe I'm overly critical, but he just doesn't defend his area well enough. He doesn't communicate well enough with his defenders. The amount of times he's, he's, he's saved us, plenty of times, but the amount of goals he's conceded on his near post and stuff where he shouldn't, um, sometimes I just think he switches off I'm I'm not his biggest fan he has played well at times and he pulled off some great saves throughout the season so I'm not saying that he's not had a decent enough season in order to, to help get the baggies promoted but I just feel the Premier League's a different animal and I think you know in terms of a solid goalkeeper we probably need someone with a bit more experience maybe
1: <laughs> maybe a reunion with Ben Foster
2: never say never I suppose but well, yeah, never say never. It might that might be some sort of left wing transfer that comes up towards the end of uh, deadline. He, he, ben Foster makes no secret with looking for a club, so you never know.
1: Yeah, he's he's thirty seven. He's he's getting up there, but uh, yeah.
2: Well, Brad Friedel played until he was about fifty four. So. <laughs> That's true.
1: He he did indeed, but we'll definitely keep an eye out for for signings in those positions. Are there any names in particular that that you're hearing a lot of, or, or more just general positions that'll that'll be addressed?
2: Um today, Sipra at Wigan is a centre back mentioned um Duffy at Brighton is someone we've we've probably seen linked for a couple of weeks um Diangana back on a permanent as well as Kravinovic back on a permanent uh potential deals that could be done um I'm hoping for Diangana more than Kravinovic, as much as both signings would be fantastic um and then strikers has been a few mentioned, but it's just. It, it could it could be anyone. It depends whether Slavin Bilic is going to get his men. Um, there's a few Croatian players being looked at. Um, yeah, and it, it does really depend on whether the board are willing to spend the money, whether the board can spend the money. Um, it's it's looking like there could be a little bit of tension between the board and and Bilic coming forward, and I'm I know many Baggies fans are quite anxious about that at the moment.
1: Uh, does that have anything to do with the bit of organizational restructure? I, I don't know enough to speak on it, but but didn't somebody high up in the organization switch?
2: So Mark Jenkins, our um, he was our chief exec. He stepped down and retired. He came back a couple of years ago um, to help shore the club through tough financial times in terms of getting relegated and in terms of transitioning the club back into the Premier League. Um, and now we've been promoted. He's felt that his job's done, and he's passed over his role to Ken Zhu, which is um, which is our own as representative in the UK, a Chinese gentleman. Um, but many people are concerned that he's a very young guy. He's in his early 30s. Um, whether he's just going to be a yes man to the chairman, and whether that means the communication levels between Britain and the Ch- and China are going to be difficult, um, and whether that's going to get in the way of deals being done who knows um but our chairman hasn't been to the club and, and witnessed a single championship game Oof. which many fans are completely uh, and you know understandably very frustrated with um you want an active chairman you want someone that's interested in the club and, and willing to do all they can to to try and make it a, 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 you know the to make the club as as big and and as doing well on the pitch as you can but um yeah, our, our chairman seems to have, have gone missing. He's not really released any statements recently. Maybe one about Jenkins. He said a few words, but I just I just feel that it could be difficult because, I mean, if you look at our transfer budget as well, a lot of it's getting taken away by clauses on players for, for players that we've signed already in the last couple of years where we'll need to pay because we've been promoted. So promotion clauses are going to take a, a little bit out of our transfer budget um and so we're probably looking at like a 20 or 30 million transfer budget and if you compare that to what what the likes of like Aston Villa spent last season which was like upwards of 100 million you know it's a pittance and it does really show that even with this big influx of like you know apparently you earn you earn hundreds of millions of pounds by being promoted from the championship it's still you know for, for a club of our size we're still having to be very careful
1: Gotcha. Well, if, if it doesn't sound like there's going to be much money spent, but you, you can make some some sneaky deals, I'm sure. What are the expectations for the season? Obviously, had a really talented squad um, last season in the championship. Sounds like some of them are, are going to be good enough to get a ride out in the Premier League. So is, is there some optimism building despite the chairman stuff?
2: Yeah, um, Jake Livermore over the last couple of seasons has really grew into the captain's role. Um He's been fantastic. Last season, he was unbelievable at times. Um, real, real commanding presence on the field. Um, and I think he'll be someone that will step up easily back into the Premier League and, and be the kind of player that we need to, to shore us up in some games where it's going to be difficult and we're going to have our backs to the wall. Um, Romain who partners him in centre midfield. He's such a technical player that I'm thinking the Premier League will suit him more than the Championship because you might well get that little bit of extra time on the ball. Whereas in the Championship, you do face some teams which are kick it long, get straight on the opposition players, don't allow them time to breathe. Um, Whereas the open expansive game can be sought out a little bit more. And so for players like, um, for players that remain soyers who likes a bit of time in the ball to pick a pass and he can pick a lovely pass sometimes, it might well be a benefit to him. But I think in terms of expectations for the season, I reckon surviving is just a realistic goal, nothing, nothing else. We, we, we're not aiming for, for anything other than 17, four above. And then we can try and build from that and maybe do something, you know, a bit more progressive once we've, we managed to get our foothold in the premier league again, because uh, you know, the end of last season showed just how tight it was. Um, and I've got no doubt it's going to be really tight again in the, uh, in the coming season.
1: Yeah. it's really interesting. um, Obviously, we've done the uh, Leeds and Fulham updates by now, and both of them said that that for them, the target is just 17th or better, which seems juxtaposed to some previous seasons when like Wolves came up or when Fulham came up the last time where it seemed like they were aiming for top 10 that first year up. Do you think that's just like a level of pragmatism that, that people have seen that strategy fail enough that now it's just about just staying in the league for that year and then building on?
2: I think secretly, I think behind closed doors, I think every manager will be hoping to push towards a top ten or, or maybe even better because, you know, as Sheffield United have proved last season, you don't always have to have the best players and, and always, you know, be playing the, the, the best football in order to to be putting you I mean, Sheffield United played fantastically, but I mean in terms of in terms of like them being a fashionable club, them being a club that can, you know, who who've who've been up there and produced you know season in season out top 10 finishes they're not up there they're not that big of a club and so for someone like them to to be showing that I mean Chris Wilder's done a fantastic job with them and so surely you know Albion similar sort of size club similar footing you you have to aspire to do that but for me to be here as a fan saying that I think that that's a possibility and that that's a potential. We'll have to wait and see how the start of the season goes, and and then moving forward. But we can all hope that we're going to have a great season. And and you never know our our uh, our fantastic barcode kits, which we've um, <laughs> which have just been released, um, might might uh, might inspire us us to some manage magic this season.
1: Don't know about the yellow and red one though.
2: Do you not? I think the yellow and red kit's beautiful, mate. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's it's a piece of artwork.
1: <laughs> well, we'll we'll see for how they look on the pitch. That,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, for anyone that's listening that's not che- you know seen West Brom's new kits of the season, just check them all out because they're um they're they're jaw droppingly fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, two thirds.
1: Um, but we will leave it there. Uh, if you want to tell folks where they can find you or anything you're working on, that'd be a great time.
2: Um, you can find me at Baggy's Facts, which is just on Twitter. Um. As Kev said, I haven't got a website online at the moment. used to have one and it was pretty successful back in the day. Um, Time constraints have meant that that's been a a difficult proposition in recent years. So hopefully that might change in in the coming months and we can build on that. But in the meantime, you can follow me on on, at Baggies Facts. And that doesn't matter whether you're an opposition fan or a Baggies fan. If If you get following me, I'm happy to interact with everyone. So cheers and thanks for having me on, Kev.
1: Thank yeah, of course. And and yeah, non, non-Baggies non fans, also uh, worth a follow. Definitely a lot of awesome football takes, DM, uh, from Dan. But yeah, obviously a massive pleasure speaking with you today. Awesome that we're going to chat throughout the uh, whole season here and best of luck.
2: Cheers, Kev. Thank you. Talk.